Welcome to the courtroom, Rabbi. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Benair, you may begin. Good morning, sir. Oh, excuse me. Um, yes, please. Could you please state your name? Zalman Bokit. Your birthplace? Brooklyn, New York. New York. What do you do for a living, sir? I'm a rabbi. Do you have a permit, a title as a rabbi? A rabbinical ordination. I didn't hear. A rabbinical ordination. Did you study to be a rabbi? Yes. Did you graduate to be a rabbi? Or you get the title who you know or you're married? No, I graduated. You graduated. How many years did you study to be a rabbi? Well, I've been in, in religious school since I was born. But uh, to become a rabbi, you need to uh, take a certain test. And uh, that takes like uh, two years to, to take these four tests, basically. From where you had to take that test? From Chabad or from a different school? It was Chabad. Chabad? Yes. As far as I know, Chabad does not, doesn't produce rabbis. Uh, you're, you're wrong. It, in Brooklyn, New York, at 770 Eastern Parkway. You see that in your deposition with, to Mr. Eisenberg, that Chabad doesn't produce rabbis. You went to New Jersey. No, I went to Rabbinical College of New Jersey, but they don't, in Rabbinical College of New Jersey, they don't ordain rabbis. They ordain rabbis at Eastern Parkway. I have a, uh, a uh, document of, of um, Eastern Parkway. When did you get uh, the title, the rabbi title? Must be 22 years ago, 19, 1985, 1985, something around 1985. How old you were you, uh, when you became rabbi? 22. 22. You were married that time? No. Did you volunteer, volunteer yourself to give testimony to somebody at Chabad? I understand the question. The day of the accident or after, did you volunteer yourself to testify 
to, uh, to give testimony to an officer. The day of the accident. Excuse me? The day of the accident, I was uh, interviewed by a, a policeman, yes. A detective. Did you swear that time before? I don't recall. I think so, yeah. He asked me to. I don't, I don't remember. You told him you're not comfortable to swear. Do you remember that? Right. I'm not, I don't remember. I'm not comfortable to swear in general. I don't know if I remember if I told him then, but I don't, uh, as today, I don't like to swear. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? No. Have you ever been involved of a crime at, uh, and one night with the nighter? At what? Involved. Has ever been involved in a crime? No, I've never yes, been no. Have you or your spouse had assistance from any person in connection with this case? Mark Levy, Jonathan Samuel, Karen, his wife. I don't understand the question. Have you or your spouse and had assistance from any person in connection with this case? No. Not from Mark Levy? No. Not from Jonathan or his wife? No. How about your friend uh, Warren Factor from the mortgage company? No. No. They didn't give you any money? No. Do you remember why on October 26th, 05, you come in my home and they accuse me of extortions. Do you remember that? I accuse you of no extortion. You told me this is extortion, that the starting conversation with me. I don't remember me. what the words I've used. And um, I told you I believe that you were wrong. I don't know the words I've used and I can't remember. You swore, you are a rabbi. Yes. You should say the truth. I am saying the truth. You used exactly extortionist that you told me. Could be, I don't remember. Oh, could be. Could be. You're saying that I said that. I don't remember saying words. I can't remember words from 205. Have you been disposed in, in this case with Mr. Heisenberg? Yeah, I spoke to Mr. Heisenberg. Yeah. Could you please describe your leisure activities? What does that mean? Excuse me? I don't understand the question. Describe my leisure activities? Could you please describe your leisure activities? Leisure. What's leisure? L-E-I-S-U-R-E. -E. What I do for vacation? Yeah. What I, I don't know. Uh, 
what I do for my uh, relaxation. In your life, in your life, what leisure in, in your life. Mr. Benier, I think that's pretty far afield. Let's uh, relate it to uh, the matters in this case, please. Do you smoke, sir? No. Do you consume any alcoholic beverage? Once in a while. Do you take any drugs? No. How about in the synagogue Saturday? Do you drink? At a Kiddush, yeah. Selachayim. No, after that. Do you drink? No. You go over the people, you drink with them all the time? I give them the time. Did you make somersault in the synagogue? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. As a rabbi, you have a right to be drunk at the, at the sanctuary? I was never drunk in my life. This is the opportunity to explain to the jury. You are Ashkenaz, yes? Yes. Yes. I'm Sephardic. Let me please explain the, the jury. Ashkenaz people are from Russia, Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, those countries that I'm with Russia, Romania, Poland, Czechoslovakia, uh, Germany, Switzerland, not Italy, not France, only uh, Scandinavian country. Those people are Ashkenaz. The Sephardic people are, what that means Sephardic? Sephardic is the name of Spain. Spain in, in Hebrew, Sephardic. <coughs> now, in the time, if you read about the Inquisition in the 1400, with the Queen Isabella and her husband, uh, I don't uh, remember. Uh, that time they were. Uh, Ferdinand, but I think. Ferdinand, yes, I thank think you. We need to move on. Uh, yeah. This I, is I, really, Mr. Benier. Your friend Bill Tanmubam told me privately that your wishes was if it was your synagogue, it will be no Sephardic people in your synagogue. Is that true? Have to ask Bill Tannenbaum. Not Bill Tannenbaum. You want to tell me you are not prejudiced? No. Every Saturday, after the service, and every holiday, after the service, people go to you, shake hands, wish you happy holiday or happy Saturday. Yeah. Yes, everybody does to you. But when I go to you to respect you, you shake your hand and you talk to somebody. That fair? That polite? The rabbi is supposed to do that? I, he asked me a question. He's saying, yes, I'm asking a question. What's the question? 
The question is, when I go, shake your hand. I stopped at least five years ago. I don't go anymore, shake your hand. You give me your hand and you speak. I don't remember person. such a thing. You don't remember such a thing? No. But you do it? I don't think so. The day of the accident, on October 4 5, I was in jail already, or the police station, I don't remember. We have a big crowd that night at the synagogue, do you remember? I had uh, services after For the service, yeah. You have a big crowd because of the accident. No, Rosh Hashanah, and the high holidays, yeah. a big crowd. Yeah, because the accident too, people come to hear you. No, I didn't speak. Uh, at, I usually don't give speeches at, at, at night, daytime I give my speech. Do you remember telling the congregation not to come to see me visiting me? I never ever said such a thing. You told them nobody is supposed to go to I see I never told you. publicly nobody should go visit you. Did you come to see me? No. You're supposed to do that as a rabbi. You're supposed to come to see me, not only you, your spouse, your children, and friends from the congregation. You're supposed to do that as a rabbi, don't you? If you would have been a little bit remorseful in life of what you have done, but you, are, you have been arrogant in what you have done. Excuse me? You have been arrogant in what you have done. Arrogant? Yes, you have been unremorseful. To whom? Arrogant? To anybody. To anybody? anybody? I haven't seen one remorse in, your, in, your, in, your, in the last two years. And therefore, I was not going to support you in your... Uh, in, what you Let me show you a picture here. Okay. You see it? Yes, sir. Could you explain me, explain to the jury that this picture? Please. The Pope went to visit the person who tried to kill him. The Pope? Soon he got from the hospital. He went to jail to visit his aggressor in this picture. And he forgave him, forgive him. Who are you by the pop? You are not even a dust by the pop to tell the congregation not to come to see me. Who are you by the pop? Could you tell me who are you by the pop? You asking me a question? Yes, I am asking you. Who are you by the pop? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to uh, uh, judge myself to the pope. Not, uh, we're not here to judge me if I'm like the pope or not. I have to show you the pop above you who went after his aggressor tried to kill him. He went to prison and forgive him and shake hands, shook hand and talk to him. Who are you, by the Pope, not to come to see me? 
with, and you tell the congregation not to come to see me. Objection relevancy. Sustained. Because your aunt is Faraday, you didn't want that. It's not true. You don't see the truth. I'm ashamed you are a rabbi in that congregation. Did you ever saw me yelling at somebody in the congregation? No. Did you saw me in the synagogue or outside arguing with somebody? No. Do you know me as vulgar man or violent man? Before the... Before, no. No. The accident, it doesn't, it doesn't call that violent. I'm gonna get to that. Did you saw me fighting with Jonathan Samuel at the synagogue? No. No. Did you call me and left message in my answering machine? Don't fight in the synagogue. Did you say that? I don't remember. You don't remember? No. You want to remember what you want to remember, but you don't want to remember what you don't want. Question or statement? Question. I remember what I remember, and I don't remember what I don't. When you called me that Friday, I still have your message in the, in the tape. When I saw you Saturday, did I provoke any meeting with you for the next day Sunday? No. We didn't meet in your office on Sunday? Yes, sir. You, huh? You said on Saturday that I provoke. Uh, no, I provoke. I ask you to meet you on Sunday. Oh, that Saturday. We, we met on Sunday, correct. Yeah. When we met, we were sitting together, correct. you and me. And they told you, who told you that I fought with Jonathan? Why you told me not to fight at the synagogue? Why, why you told me that statement? First of all, I didn't tell you that statement. I said that I, since it's coming up Jonathan's son's bar mitzvah, and I don't want any provocations in the synagogue, so therefore I ask you, please, as a preventative medicine, so to say, that there should be no provocation. I never said that you did provocative, you were provocative. I never said you did argue. I said that since there's a celebration coming up, I'm asking you to not to, not to have any provocation. Do you remember they told you, you take side because Jonathan gave you a lot of money and you get upset when I told you that, didn't you? I like get upset. I think it's not true. You said it's not, tr not a true statement. That's not true. I don't take sides. I never took a side. 
And uh, you always did, and, and it doesn't have to do with uh, you don't know if Jonathan Samuels did give me money or not. You just asked me that time how much money is giving me, and I said, Let me check your computer and your box. I will tell you, I will find how much money he give you, and you will find other things. Did I tell you that? You said a lot of things that night. And, uh, Could you name them? Uh, a lot of things. You screamed a lot. And that's why I, I, I finished the conversation. But you screamed a lot. And um, a lot of things that you don't know, didn't know what you're talking about. And st still today, saying the same things that I totally don't know what you're talking about. And um, you're not the Chabad accountant that you know who gave money or what they give. It's all your, in your imagination. And it's still in your imagination who gives money and who doesn't give money. The point, you ask me how much money is giving you. Then I said, let me check, I will tell you how much. I asked I ask you how much money he's giving you. You, to you, not to how me. I ask you, you're not, you're not, you don't know about the accounting. How can I ask you that question? How do I ask you how much money he's giving me? That you that, that, would, that wouldn't be a smart question. Different people, Hebrew speaking language, in the congregation. Is this relevant? Oh, no. Very well. Uh, if you don't care to answer the question, you need not. Any? Your next question, Mr. Benair. Do you know that? Most of the Sephardim people left you because your anti-Sephardim, they left you the other synagogue, Montoya. Did you report to the police that there is a bad blood between Mark Benayer and Jonathan? Did you say that? I reported to the police? Yes. Before the incident? No, I never spoke to the police before any that. If you think that situation, it was grievous, why didn't you call the parties concerning the dispute if it was grievous? Before the accident, I didn't think it was grievous. When I called you for the meeting between you and me, you're supposed to tell me I would like to hear from him too, not only from you. That you're supposed to do, don't you? No, not in that issue. It's the same issue. I was not, I was not here to, uh, I was not there, the meeting was not there to make some kind of a, of a mediation between you and Jonathan. The meeting was to tell you that when Jonathan's bat mitzvah, you should hold yourself back. That was the meeting. When you came in my home on October 26, 05, Marta was sitting beside me and you told me this is an extortion. 
I will start to tell you what happened the night before. And you told me you shut my mouth. It's not that important. Did you do that? I don't remember. You don't remember. But Martha was crying and tell you uh, lies, and you listened to her. I, I don't remember. She told you a lot of things about me when we were sitting, and you were listening to her. When I want answer, you told me it's not that important to shut my mouth. You don't want to hear my sight. I don't believe that. You don't believe that? Right. You don't, don't see the truth as a rabbi. Is that a statement or a question? Both. I'd say the truth. I don't believe that. You get involved. If they ask. When, when there is problem between couple and the congregation. Do you know how many? In 10 years I was there? I don't uh, sit and count. You don't count. Did you ever bring back together one couple? Your Honor, the relevance of this question. Sustained. Your next question, please. You couldn't bring one couple, a lot of people divorced, because your behavior, you take one side. Don't you do that? Your approach to the couple. Ever in last at least five years. Did I want to do even Saturday or holiday? Did they want to shake hands after that? I, I don't remember. Because I didn't go for that, isn't it? I don't remember. Because I, I, fi I figured out you are anti-Sfaradi for that reason. I didn't go, shake your hand at all, and have even eye contact. Do you remember that? No. No. Do you remember when you go around the tables on Saturday, when people make lunch for the congregation, you drink and you go with the Relevance, Your Honor. When I report, you deny that you told me in my answering machine not to fight, to build Tannenbaum. Without asking me, he went to you and he asked you that you make the statement you confessed to him. Did you tell him that? I don't understand the question. When I told Bill Tanbom about your message, you left me in my machine. You told me not to fight at the synagogue. Right. Because you deny it to me when I ask you at the meeting. Then when I reported to Bill Tanbom, my friend. I denied what? I told you not to fight? Yeah, no. What you did told I deny? him, yes, I told him. You deny it to me, but you confess to Bill Tanbom. I denied you to you what? Excuse me? I denied what? Not to fight at the synagogue. I denied? Point. Yes. I denied that I told you not to fight? Yes. When? By the meeting? By the meeting I told you again not to fight. On the mass, you left a message, you told me not to fight. I told fight. you please not to fight. And then by the meeting, I denied that I told you not to fight? Yes, you deny it when I meet you. 
why would I deny it? I told you to the meeting also not to fight. So why would I deny something I called you to the meeting for? I wanted you to not to fight. I told you at the, the message not to fight. And I told you at the meeting what that the I'm not interested in that you should fight. What so the basic, why would I deny it? What the basic that what? I fight over there? What the basic? No, no. I, you, going back to what I denied, you said I denied. I denied what? I didn't deny that I told you not to fight. I told you not to fight in the phone call. I told you not to fight at the meeting. So what did I deny? What the point? Provoking meeting with you if you did not deny it. Deny what? It was no reason. No, because you were you. angry that I told you not to fight. That was your anger. You, you called me. You called me to a meeting, telling me that why did I tell you not to fight? And you were angry that I told you. And I told you that meeting that I'm not saying that you did fight. I'm not saying that you are going to fight. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm just calling you and asking you a favor that since it's a mitzvah and I, and I don't want to have any verbal confrontation, and that was the meeting, a, pre a prevent preventive meeting. And you didn't want to accept that, and you self-understood, was angry about that. So I did not deny anything. Why you didn't tell me those things beside him? Why only to me? I told, you that, I, I, told, I told you that night also, that, I, 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 that I'm not here to take a side, and, and, I, and, I, and I, told him I would tell him the same thing. So I don't know what you, but you took it uh, wrong. Did you tell the defendant not to come anymore to the synagogue? Did you tell the defendant me not to come to the synagogue anymore? I told you, if the argument you mean, you're screaming at me, that I hate the Sephardim and that Jonathan, I'm siding with Jonathan, and that he's giving me money, and uh, whatever you're saying here today, I said, since if the screaming, you're screaming at me, and uh, I said, since, uh, you, you know, I hate to fight him, and, and Jonathan's giving me all this money, and I'm siding with him, so then uh, why are you coming here? That was, the, that was, the, that was the, the end of the conversation. Could you please answer the question? I'm going to repeat it again. Did you tell the, the defendant, me, not to come anymore to the synagogue, yes or no? I said in that context, what I just said. I said, if you are unhappy in the synagogue and you feel that I am not good, then you should not come to the synagogue. You never told me that. I'm ashamed exactly somebody exactly. like you lie in front of the jury in the courtroom. You have a right to tell any Jew not to come to the synagogue? Yes, I have a legal right. In your book, it says here, anyone is welcome 
they have no rabbi in this entire world. Not not a person. Excuse that, me. Not a person that, that not not a person that's disrespectful to a rabbi. If you're disrespectful to a rabbi, then I have the right to tell you not to come. And that night, you were very disrespectful to me, and I have the right to ask you not to come. You never told me not to come. You have no right to say that. Objection, this is argumentative, Your Honor. Sustained. <clears throat> what the reason you said We, uh, we don't want him anymore th in the congregation. Why you see that? There was nothing before October 4th, the accident. When did I say what that? What the reason? When did you, I say that? Yeah. You when see, did I say that? You told, me, you told me before not to come to the synagogue. I told you privately. What the reason? I, told, I, just, I just gave you the reason. Because that night, you were disrespectful, you were screaming at me, and I have the right to tell you not to come. I never I have that. I have that right. And since you were disrespectful, I asked you not to come. How I scream on you? How? Pretty, pretty loud. Pretty loud. Yeah. It does the opposite, you reverse it now. You don't want to admit it. You reverse the rules now. What rules? I didn't reverse anything. I'm telling you exactly what happened. And I have the right, since you that night disrespectful, that I asked you not to come. I you, wish. Ca you, ca you came anyway the following Shabbos anyway. So I you, you listened very, very intently to my uh, wishes. Sir, I don't want to give you the pleasure not to come to synagogue because I'm Sephardic. I'm proud who I am. I'm very happy. I wish. If you came here today with your outfit, with your uniform, because I respect your uniform, but not what underneath, underneath that uniform. That's the response. I respect your uni uniform, but not what underneath. Mr. Uh, Benair, would you care to continue? I'm going to read you one article from uh, Bellino, the lawyer, about the building where the synagogue is. The defendant, Mark Benair, had been instructed by rabbi of the Chabad West Waltham Synagogue to leave the congregation in August of five. It was on August. It was true. That, if that's a statement, I never said such a thing. In such thing. Why you told me not to come to congregation? Why? 
No object, Your Honor. This has been asked and answered. Sustained. As a Jew in the congregation, you, as a rabbi, you have a right to reject any Jew to come to pray God? An objection, Your Honor. This has been asked and answered. Sustained. Your obligation in the congregation, you're supposed to make peace between people if they have, if there is any conflict? Objection, Your Honor. Asked and answered. Sustained. give you an example on that night of Rosh Hashanah. It was the 3rd of October. We started that night. People started coming to the synagogue. I didn't go shake your hand because you, I did, I said what I said. Now, somebody came, as you know, Gershon, soon he came in the alley, you get up from your chair, all the people come in your chair, shake, shake your hand, they wish you Happy New Year. But you get up from that chair and run, uh, uh, greeted that man Gershon, because he gave you a lot of money. He, in your deposition, when Eisenberg asked you my state of, state of mind that day. He told him he was crazy. Did you say that? That I was crazy? I don't, I don't remember. You don't remember? You to show me that. Missing a lot of document. good reason you tell you told me not to come to synagogue before what happened it was in August July August September you told me that 
What the reason? Objection. Told me not to come. Asked and answered. Sustained. Would you behave in the synagogue with that discrimination? Zulman conduct is a violation for the Jewish moral? Objection, Judge. This has been asked and answered also. Sustained. left your congregation after you fight with them? How many people? Check the relevancy, Your Honor. Sustained. I saw Rabbi Libro, how he worked at the synagogue with those youth. I never talked to him. I didn't know him. I observed him, not less that I observed you. All those 11 years I was in the synagogue, I observed everyone. And I saw him, how he worked with those youth. After three, four years, I sent him a letter to thank him and show him that somebody is watching him, what kind of the job he did. Could you tell me why did you fight and, uh, and fire him from the synagogue? Beyond irrelevance. Sustained. When Rabbi Libro left you, before the holiday, he went to open Chabad Synagogue in the, in the FAU campus in Boca. Do you remember you, yourself, with Rabbi Denberg, your friend, your partner? You went to him and you told him, if you want to open Chabad Synagogue, you have to be in control of him. Did you say that to him? Objection, Your Honor, to relevancy unless uh, some of these individuals were present on the day of the shooting. If the defendant could. When somebody threw you from your home with no reason, that justifiable to you? You go to the policeman, you go to the court. I was thrown out from my home, from your friend. Go to court. He took me to the court. I didn't go to the court. He took me to the and court. that's where it should have been finalized. It finalized 
It's finalized by you taking a gun and shooting him. I didn't say and that. That's weird. Sir, sir, answer my question. Don't go back. Shot. You didn't see me shot anyone. It is not a rabbi behavior. It's, it says in the Torah, when somebody does an evil act, you shall eradicate evil from your midst. So I don't have to have uh, more than, than that. If I'm a rabbi, so I know what the Torah says. And you did an evil act. And you have to, that's an evil thing. And all the good, again, that you did is, uh, is not relevant. If you open the door about the Bible, do you know what the consequences for false witness? Oh, sure. Could you tell me the punishment about false witness? It depends uh, what his testimony was. False witness, period. It's one, the, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not testify false testimony. False witness will let go unpunished. Do you know that? What do you say? Will not go unpunished. A hundred percent. You familiar with the six hundred thirteen Jewish laws? Yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. all six hundred. Yeah, you know that. It says, help your fellow Jew. Remember that? Yes. It says also, be witness if you have evidence. Yes. Do you have any evidence against me? I'm, I'm not here to uh, judge you. You're in a court of law. No, you are a witness. I'm not, I'm not a witness uh, to, to the act of that act. I'm not here. I, I wasn't called as a witness to that act. I'm not here to a testimony on that. I called you for that act. I, I, can't, I can't be a witness to an act I didn't see. It happened in your congregation. Yeah, very sad situation. You were involved. You give was, a statement. I was not involved in, in that act. You I give a statement. Yes. It's not involvement? No. Why is the statement involvement? If you give statement, it's not involvement? No. Somebody asks you a question, you answer the question. That doesn't mean I'm involved. State your name and spell your last name. Mark Benayer, M-A-R-C, Benayer, B-E-N-A-Y-E-R. And again, welcome to the courtroom, Mr. Benayer. Thank you. Mr. Haddad, you may begin. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Benayer, where were you born and raised? In France. And give the jury a little bit of uh, your background.
I was raised in religious home. My father was a rabbi, and I was uh, following him. And my mother wanted me to go have my education outside from the house, not to become like her husband, my father. And my father liked me when I asked him questions, and my mother won. And I want to uh, be educated outside from the house. But every day, I was studying for my father. How large a family did you have? Excuse me? How big was your family? Did you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I do. We were eight. Three brothers and five sisters. And you said you were born in France? Yeah. Uh, where did you move after you lived in France? Yeah, it, at the time when I was youth, it was the time of the Holocaust. I would like to read what I wrote about that. Okay. That's okay with the court. Uh, no, uh, we, this is not a commentary on the Holocaust. This is a, a trial. Let's address ourselves to the issue in the case. Uh, and please feel free to do that, Mr. Haddad. Yes, you are. You said you lived in France. When did you move from France and where did you move to? When the German tried to stop my education, I swear to myself when I was a boy, I will never let, if I have children, I will leave, I will leave anyone stop my edu the education of my children. Because of that, when I get married, I start to have children in Israel. Over there, nobody can stop the education for my children. Therefore, my daughter have her license in uh, languages, and she met my cousin, who lives in Paris. Yes. And both of them open big school, become university in Paris, over 40 years already. She had almost 200 professors working for her. And my son today is working computer. And I was bank manager. You were my bank wife, bank. excuse me, and my wife was French professor. She passed away young, about 50 years old she was. And I missed her and uh, I worked at the bank all my life. And the bank for my character to be straightforward, honest, and say the truth all the time. Because of that, you're gonna hear only the truth from me. How long did you work in the banking industry? All my life. And was that mostly in Israel, or did you also work here in the States? In the States, no. When I came, I changed completely. I tried to go to the banking business, but I couldn't have any job. And I switched to remodeling houses in Massachusetts, Boston. How long have you been living in the United States? Uh, over two years now. What is your educational background? 
I was graduated from high school, then I went to Sorbonne University. I graduated for four years. And what did you study? Study sociology and geography. Do you rem what year did you receive your uh, college degree? I don't remember. All the papers I have in my briefcase in the car, I didn't receive them back. So you moved to the United States about 30 years ago. What did you do once you moved to the United States? What they did here? Yes. Where did you get established? Did you have a family here? I have a sister in Massachusetts, Newton Center. And I lived with her the first year. Yes. Then I moved to my own. I met a woman. I lived with her. Over five years. And from her, I learned about this great country, about a lot of things. And I asked her a lot of questions, and fortunately, she couldn't answer because she didn't know. I went further. Yes. And I was all the time, every weekend, I went to Harvard Square, be with uh, meet people, students or professors in coffee in the coffee shop or restaurant or something like that. I would I always wanted to be with intellect people like I picked here when I went to when I came down to Florida. I picked Bill Tanbone because he is more educated than me. He is a writer, and I learned from him a big deal. He provided me sparks. I thank him for that. Now you said your first wife passed away. Did you remarry when you moved to the States? My first wife passed away from lupus. She had that lupus maybe four years and she passed away. Before she passed away, I came here. Then I used to live in Massachusetts. Like I said, I was living with a woman five years. Then I was living that woman. I went uh, cascade in New York, and I met there my wife, Renee. I was with her 18 years. And did you live in New York with her? No. She used to live in Connecticut. So you lived in Connecticut? No. She I told her I can't because I have business in, in Massachusetts, in Boston area. I, I don't want to move there. Then she moved to Massachusetts. Okay. She bought, we bought the house and we lived, we lived as a married couple. We got married in Connecticut, but we lived in Massachusetts. Did you have children together? No, no children. Did you have a, a what type of relationship did you have with your second wife, Renee? I had a good relationship. I picked her, she was educated. We have a lot in common. She was a friendly woman, open. She used to do the whole talking all the time. I was happy with her. Did, did that relationship at some time uh, come to an end? And what were the circumstances? Yes, the circumstances were, I traveled a lot to Paris with my children, for my children. 
I see. They live there. I have grandchildren, six grandchildren, and as far as I know, six years ago, I know I have one grand-granddaughter. Now I don't know, maybe I have more, I don't know. But when I used to travel to Paris twice, three times a year, it disturbed my wife, Renee. She didn't like it. Each time I go, I thought it would be the last time I'm traveling to Paris. And fortunately, it took a few years. The last time I went, when I came back, she served me divorce. We, we didn't have any dispute, nothing. I asked yesterday the lawyer, Stephen Biner, if yes. he had any dispute. There was none. My villa was in my name. She was living with me, with me and I forgot yesterday to ask Chris Gadjik that in that, con that living will, I left to my children. They, my children, they are not allowed to, to take out from my home Renee because I want Renee to stay in that home till she passed away. She will use the home, my home, till she passed away. But if she gets married, she must leave the... Excuse me, Mr. Bernier. Uh, Mr. Haddad, I'm not sure I, I follow this line of testimony. Would you ask another question, please? Yes, Your Honor. Uh, okay, what, after that relationship ended, what happened next? We divorced, and that's it. She went on her way, and I stay in my villa in you, Boca Chase. You were living in Boca, okay. And did you own, the, own your home there? Yes, a <laughs> villa attached. How many years did you live there? Hmm. 94, from 94 till I sold it to go with Martha, I think, two, two or two, yeah, two or two, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned uh, you sold it to go with Martha. What was the circumstances that resulted in the sale? And the circumstances were <coughs> when she came visiting me in my villa, she liked it. She wanted to stay there with me to sell her condo and to come live with me in my villa with her daughter. I didn't know we are not allowed to have a teenage in that uh, section. Therefore, I told her I would like to stay in my home till your daughter will go to college. This way I will have no problem with her. If you want me to move, I want you to protect me from your daughter. He said, okay, if we cannot make it here, maybe we're gonna make it somewhere else. And then we start to look for other place. We took her daughter with us and we asked her first if she liked the place not to complain about the, the area and the size of the house we're gonna buy. Then we bought, she liked few houses, but Martha and I wouldn't like them. And we told her daughter, this house, it's not for us. We go somewhere. Then I find myself 
in the Boca River Circle, nice townhouse, uh, three bedrooms upstairs, and big living room and kitchen hallway downstairs. And the garden, nice area, limited to maybe 100 families live there, no more than that. Very quiet by the library and the, cent in the center of the, the commercial area. So when you bought that, uh, that residence, you were dating Martha at the time? Correct. And, and Henriette was also living with you at the time? No, we didn't move yet. Okay. Then we bought the house, then we moved together. I sold mine, she sold hers. Then we bought that one, 200,004. I put 130 and she put uh, 64, 63. No, 74, I'm sorry. 74,000, I, I put 130. Okay. 100,030. What was, the, uh, what was the, re the reasoning or the rationale behind uh, the way you divided it up? Was it based on how much money you each had Correct. and could afford? Or were there no. other reasons for doing it? Though? She told me I don't have money to pay half 50-50. I asked her, I want to make her comfortable, how much do you want to put? There is the house, the townhouse cost 204. How much do you want to put? She told me I will put 74 and you put 130. I told her, fine, I will do that. What was your thinking when you decided to go into that uh, arrangement with her, knowing that you would both have a financial stake in it? What was the thinking behind that? Behind that, I was very honest and open to her. I had in my mind to finish my life with her. Yes. And I told her, if we live together in my villa, after I pass away, you can have the villa in your own. You have it. I will send the papers. You tell me, when do you want to go? And we go to your lawyer. I will send the paper that if we live in my villa, after I pass away, it will be yours. Not, no one of my children will be allowed to come claim any part of that uh, heritage. Okay. Now, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about how you first met Marta, what the circumstances were, and how um, your relationship started. I met Martha at the synagogue. <coughs> it was a big holiday. After Sukkot, after Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? Yes. And somebody told me, look at that woman. And I told her, she's too young for me. I don't want to get involved with a younger woman. I want my level, somebody to mature more than how she looked. Then that woman, she brought it to, to me, and we started to talk. And I didn't want to really get involved with her because I felt we have almost 24, 25 years between her and me. I didn't feel comfortable all the time. It was bothering me. I was with her. When we were at the home, or my home, fine. But when we were walking out, I was disturbed. I didn't like it. 
Did you discuss that with her or Henriette? With Henriette, no. With Henriette, always close herself in the room, in her room. She never get involved with that. But when I met Henry the first time, when she invited me to go in her place in Pompando to have dinner, I met Ren uh, Henriette before. She was there and I was talking to her about her education after high school, like the time now. I told her my daughter on university in Paris, if you want after your high school here, if you want to go, I will arrange with my daughter you will study there, you know a little bit French, and you go study there in English or in French. She was so mad, I don't know why. She ran in her room, slammed the door. On, and that's it. What I did, I got a little bit hurt, but I said, she's a kid, leave her alone. But I didn't want to stay, I left. I didn't want to stay for dinner. Marta came back late, it was about 7.30, and Marta came about 8.30. And I went back home, and Marta called me, and I told her what happened. She told me on the phone that time that Henriette, she is always that way. She got angry, even with her father. She used to lock herself every day, every night, in her room with her friend. Since she was young, she locked all the, all the time the door on herself. Okay. So the first date that you had with Martha would have been the dinner that you were invited to at her, uh, her house. Is that correct? I think so. But we want uh, Las Olas, I think before or after. No, it was after. It was after. That the first dinner I went, yes. But I didn't stay. I went back home after the daughter slammed the door behind me. Okay. Now tell us a little bit about your relationship and the first months of your relationship, uh, how it developed, uh, what your feelings were about it, what she communicated to you about it, how she felt about it. Let us get a feel for how your relationship was in the early times. My feeling to her I was honest with her. If she wanted me, that's okay. If she didn't want, that's okay. Because we didn't have any plan to have any children. Even though she asked my sister, which she visited me, that she would love to have a baby for me. And the relationship was good sometimes. But I was looking for her education first, to me. Not her look, not anything else. I was looking, first of all, her education. Okay. Then I start to speak to her only in French. She couldn't speak English with me. We spoke French because she lived 20 years in Canada. And I start, when she started to speak in French, she never ever used the verb to be in the conversation. She didn't know how to use it. And I tried all the time, those three years I was with her, to teach her how to use the verb to be in the, in the sentence. She never used it. Her conversation with me was cut kind off of like in English. 
but I didn't understand what she meant. I tried to correct her, and she called me since that time the poet. I am the poet. I wrote poem, and she asked me to write a poem for her, which I did. When I wrote two poems, it took me about two, three days. I called her on the phone that I have two poems in my, in my hand. She asked me to read them to her, and I read them one for her. She loves it. She didn't tell me bring it with you. I read the other one. She's beautiful. Then I said, when I go home, I will bring this poem and give it to her. When I went another time in her home, I was sitting there, and I saw her daughter fill, filling up the checks. Then they came in my head, what's going on here? I was thinking, she doesn't know how to write English. I shut my mouth and asked her, when we finish later, a few days later, did you go elementary school in Colombia? She said, yes, but I didn't finish. Why didn't you finish elementary school? I was yeah, busy with the boys, she told me. Okay. Then she never asked me about the poem. Excuse me, Mr. Bonero, please wait sorry. for another question. I'm sorry. So, did you feel that your relationship initially was a strong and a good relationship? At that time when I figured out she had no education, I, I thought it won't, it won't work. Okay. Did there I have doubted. Did there come a point in time when you made, how long were you dating before you bought the, uh, the villa? Over a year. Okay. Then we bought the, the townhouse. The townhouse. And during that year, uh, was it a good relationship? Aside from the issue that you talked about of the education, but other than that, was there ever um, major problems, fighting, or things like that? Let me put it this way, Chris. If somebody was educated, we will have lot to talk, agree, disagree, argument. We have nothing to talk about. That way we have no problem. Every Saturday after the synagogue, the services, she can stay with me in my home every Saturday till nine o'clock. From two o'clock we come back, till nine o'clock we go on her home and stay there more. One Saturday, her daughter called me in my home. We were there. Mm -hmm. Martha was in the shower in my home. And Henriette called and she told me, I don't mind if my mom, my, my mom will sleep there over tonight. I said, I have to ask her if she wants. I'd be glad to have her sleep over here. When she came back from the shower, I told her, I told Martha, Henriette called and she doesn't mind if she can sleep over tonight here. Martha, Martha the mother, knows really very, very well her daughter, what she meant about that. I didn't know because I don't know the daughter. She told me, let's go home right now. We won't stay today. I don't trust her, she told me. 
that the word she said, I don't trust my daughter. Then we went. Okay. Then what, as, as far as the relationship was concerned, uh, when did things start to change where uh, either you or she started to communicate that it, the relationship wasn't going to work? When did that first become apparent? Or the relationship wasn't working? The relationship wasn't working because of the daughter. The daughter, she never liked me. And I told Martha, why do you don't talk to your daughter about me? What I did? What happened? Soon I came, she goes, lock herself in her room. Staying with Martha in her home, we have nothing to talk about. She always listened to Spanish music. I, the truth is, I stopped to learn Spanish, to communicate with her a little bit in Spanish. Uh, I took advantage of that. Like I did with Bill Tannenbaum, learned from him a lot of things about this great country. And I learned Spanish from her to start to communicate, and she was happy that I was start to communicate with her in Spanish. Learning from TV program, she was all the time watching. What did you decide to do as a result of the, um, the relationships, difficulties? How did you feel you were going to resolve those problems? What was your uh, When we were living together before, what? When you were living together. The relationship was, before we moved in the house, mm -hmm. she told me, I want you to be home. When you pick up my daughter from the high school, I want you to stay there till I come from work. Okay. I was prisoner in my home from three o'clock till next day. When they were not there, I went out, do my errand. I have things to do, take care of the house, take care of myself, uh, the other things. It was too much for me staying, watching her daughter, not to bring any boyfriend, any boy at home. But she had few friends that used to come and stay with her in her room, but it was a special girl, very mature girl. And Henriette also, she was mature, ma mature on her age too. Both of them, they were advanced in what's going on in the world. They were well developed, those two girls. Who are Even you though they to? were 12. Who are you referring to? Henriette yeah. and her friend uh, Erica. Okay. Check to this line of questioning on relevancy grounds. I need another question, but let's make it relevant, Mr. Haddad, please. Yes, Your Honor. Um, as I asked you, uh, how did you once uh, did you discuss uh, how you were going to uh, resolve your problems once after you had moved in uh, together and were and were living together? Yes. Four months later, we moved in August in our townhouse. In January, I did half time from August till December to think what I'm gonna do because I figured out it won't work. So you moved in in August of what year? 
03? Or 04. Oh, 04, okay. Let's see. 03? Oh, 03, oh, yes, you're right. 03. Oh, In August 03. Oh, In January 1504, oh, I sent her a letter from Steve Banner to split, to split the house. We put it in the market and we sell it, and that will be the end of it with no problem. That letter, she signed it. I make her sign, make sure that she will keep her word. And did you feel that you had an agreement, a meeting of the minds as far as what you had agreed to with regard to the, to the townhouse? Correct. And what was your understanding as far as what? My it understanding, when I sent the letter from B Steve Biner and she signed it, that she will execute all the above the letter. I was happy. She, Marta asked me if she can stay, we can stay together till after the Passover, from January till April. I didn't want to refuse her because before she asked me about school year of her daughter, I said, I don't want to do that to interrupt her education because to me, education, it comes above all. I want her daughter get education. Then I said, okay, we will sell the house after Passover. Passover pass. I told her, Martha, we're gonna put the house on the market. I, I need her agreement. She told me, no, we're gonna wait till Martha finish school year. That means in June. How did you feel? What did you say? I didn't, I didn't trust her in that game. I said, if I, she pour off now, she may pour off again. But I gave her the benefit of doubt that she will do it in June. Did June year, come? What happened when June came? The year passed, mm -hmm. and I told her, I'm going to put the house on the market. Now it's vacation. Your daughter went to Canada for the three months school. She didn't want. I told her, if you don't want me to do that, I must, ho I must go to the lawyer and we go to the court. It's going to take a lot of procedure about that. It's going to take a lot of time. I didn't want to stay to wait the court order to, to sell the house, to put the house in the market. It's going to take a long time. I couldn't, I couldn't handle to stay there anymore. Now, during that time, during that January to June time, uh, what was it like living with her in the house? In my mind, I have the end of the relationship in that time. I stay with her, the same relationship, she sleep with me in the same bedroom, we have everything smooth, like it, nothing is gonna be happen. I want to be separated from her as friendly as possible, with no problem, because I'm not a troublemaker. I want to get out from that situation. So what happened after that? She refused. She said, I don't want to sell the house. I love you, I want to stay. I said, I cannot stay with you. Thereafter, I told her, listen, I'm not gonna go to seek a lawyer, spend the money, and we're gonna spend more time together in this house. I don't want that. I'm gonna draw a contract about uh, selling my share to you. Do you agree for this price? She told me, I will give you the answer.
tomorrow. I have to ask Mark Levy. She doesn't do nothing, nothing without asking Mark Levy. Mark Levy, her, to her, was her mind. That's it. Whatever he says, she does it. So did you have the impression or were you ever advised that she was getting her counseling on the situation or her counsel from Mr. Levy and or Mr. Samuel? We start from that time when she told me I have to ask Mark Levy and Jonathan. And who then, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you please. I start to suspicious her asking Mark Levy and Jonathan why she cannot ask her daughters in Canada. Her daughter, she must smarter than her. Henry, she was young, she cannot decide for her. I said, ask your daughter, she is married. She didn't want anybody get her vote but Mark Levy and Jonathan. And start be suspicious of her what's going on. I don't know what she told them. I don't know what's going on. I never told her uh, adultery between them. I never suspect Martha having adultery between us. I never said that. Because I told her, if you go with somebody, it will be your problem, not mine. Because we were not married. It will be the end of it. That's it. Now, you mentioned that you were regularly going to the synagogue for services every Saturday. Was she going with you every Saturday, Martha? She never went to the synagogue without me. Because she put her clothes I bought for her in my villa. She came to my home. She dressed in my home. From my home, we went in my car to the synagogue. Then when we came back, she stayed with me till six, seven, eight, depend the situation of the day, depend her daughter, what she was doing. So would the members of the uh, synagogue, were they seeing you together on a regular basis? I wasn't a member. I was going like a member, but I wasn't. I was going every Saturday. Okay. She's a woman converted. She doesn't know nothing. Even converted, I didn't know. I find out myself from Canada. They told me she's converted. She never told me. I didn't care about that. It wasn't a problem. The problem to me, it was her education. Okay. None. None. To communicate. We have nothing to talk about. Even we couldn't go to the movies or show. Nothing. I'm thinking, we go out to dinner sometimes, not all the time, because she doesn't like to go out to eat. Because she is, if she eats out all the time, she becomes fat, heavy. For that reason, she left, she's a good cook. Very good, good cook. And she cook good, but I cook for myself because I'm diabetic. I have to eat between six to seven every day. Weekend, we eat together. We had lunch time at the synagogue, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Saturday and Sunday, we eat together all the week long. She eat by herself, her daughter, her daughter eat by herself, and they eat by myself, never together on on a weekday. Okay. So in, in June of two, uh, 2005, 
you've said you made the decision that you wanted to break up with her. Is that right? Correct. And she told you, and and she told you how she felt about it. Yes, she um, wants to stay. She don't want to sell the house. Okay. Were you talking to any of your friends about it? And what were the what were you talking to them about? I was talking mostly with Bill Tamamon because Bill Tamamon is more educated than me, more intelligent than me, more smarter than me. I learned from him a lot of things. Okay. I give him credit. I liked him very much. Eleven years, twelve years together, friend with his wife. When he passed, when his wife passed away, we became more closer. He became closer more to me. And summarize for he, the one who pushed me long time before to end the relationship with her. How so? How did he do that? Did he stay that point blank, or what did he tell you about that? He told me what you have to talk about with her. I told him the truth was going on between her and me. He told me you stay with her because of her sex. I told her. I told him yes. I was attracted to her body than her head intellectual head. That's it. There was no education to communicate about any subject. Or I told her, you have so much things to, to say about Colombia, your native country. You have so much to tell about. She never told me. I asked her questions about her country. She never answered me because she doesn't know. What happened during the rest of that summer? I decided in September when Bill Tannenbaum helped me to write down that agreement. It would be good. Make her sign and get out from the, that relationship that he was telling me all the time. All the time he was asking me about my relationship with her. And that was the purchase and sale agreement for the? Hydro, yes. The townhouse, right? The townhouse, yes. Okay. Um, what were the terms of the purchase and sale? The terms were on October 22nd, she's supposed to pay me. To give me, I think, $170,000. Okay. My share. We make the price of the house uh, 64% for me and 34% for her. I divided it mathematically. And Mark Levy were, were checking behind me. I didn't know, but I figured out at the end. We agreed for the price and we signed it for October to give me the money. So the agreement was drawn up and signed in September? Is that September correct? 1st, correct. And she had a, spe a specific amount of time, is that it, to make the, the payment to you? The provision, yeah. She, she asked Mark Levy to make a loan for her mortgage company. I said, fine. Most important to me at that day, I would like to have the money and bye-bye. That will be the end of it. With no, nothing in my mind or my hand, anything else. Waiting for that day to come and leave. Did you know Mark Levy at that time? I met him twice. The whole situation, I met him twice. No, no more than that. Did you know Jonathan Samuels at that time? 
I don't know him. I met him at the synagogue. He used to come to synagogue in the holidays, and sometime on Saturday, sometime, not often. Maybe twice a year on Saturday he came for somebody he knows, and he came. But holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, he came. That means the first day, Rosh Hashanah is two days. He came only for the first day. That's it. The second day doesn't come. I go for the two days. Yom Kippur, your, the day of atonement, he came. Period. These two days a year, he came every year, two days a year. That's it. Mark Levy, he have only... Excuse me, Mr. Benair, Mr. Dad, would you ask another question? We need to be on, on topic here, please. Yes, Your Honor. So when you first met Mr. Levy, what were your impressions? She took me to dinner. I didn't know it was his sister. I know it now on his report. I was doing talking with other people. Him and his wife were sitting aside far, far. Mr. Benair, Mr. Haddad, would you ask another question that would lead to relevant evidence, please? Yes, Your Honor. What was your understanding as far as what Mr. Levy's involvement was in this uh, purchase and sale agreement? If, I, if I, any. I start to figure out those two people dictated my life behind Martha Pinto. I start to figure out, uh, it start to bother me a lot. Okay, now, did you talk to Martha about uh, the payment arrangements on the on the contract and how were how was the what information did you have about that? According to the contract, I supposed to have the money on October 22nd. What happened on on that day? Before that, two or three weeks before, I have terrible car accident. My car totaled. I was in bed. I couldn't move. I needed her help to help me to turn the other side, left side or right side. I needed her to push me because of my back and my neck. Then, on October 22nd, I spoke to Warren Factor about uh, getting paid. He told me, you're going to be you and her and the mortgage. Uh -huh. And we're going to prepare the paperwork. We're going to tell you when you're going to go sign the document. When I heard mortgage, my name on it, I didn't want to say anything. That time I figured out there is a mistake. I asked friendly. Uh, one factor, could you please send me a note that I'm going to go to sign a mortgage? He, he talked about mortgage. I repeated the word mortgage. I didn't say did to make sure 
maybe I will have that contract with the deed, but it was contract only for the mortgage. I didn't apply for the mortgage, I didn't need mortgage, I didn't need to pay anyone. I did, I, I supposed to sign the deed to get the money and to get out. So what, what did you do as a, as a result of that? I got that letter from him, that Thursday night, Mary DeMonte figured out something wrong in that document, and she called me. Mm -hmm. Can I come tomorrow at any time during the day to make you sign the paperwork? Do, I, I don't remember exactly if she said mortgage or paperwork. And I will give you the check. And that's it. She, I said, fine. During the day you have to come during the day tomorrow. She said, I'll be there. Thereafter, I hung up the phone when Martha came that night. I told her Mary DeMonte called me and she's going to come tomorrow, bring me the, the check and I will send the document. She didn't say nothing. She didn't understand even what's going on. Now, did you discuss with her whether she was meeting her terms of the agreement at that time or did you... No, not at all. No, were there any no. concerns about Otherwise, that? I will go with her. She will take me in her car with her that Friday. I will stay in that office. I will come back with her, yes or no. Or we'll come back by cab or by train, depend. She didn't tell me nothing because she didn't know nothing till Friday when she went to sign the paperwork that they told her. They hide everything from her that time. She didn't know even that my name was in the mortgage company, paperwork. You talked to her about that? You talked to... On, on Friday night, after she came from, from work, I told her nobody came, nobody called me that they are not coming. What happened? Then she told me when she came back from work about 9 o'clock, 8.30, she said, you don't know what happened in the mortgage company. They put your name in the mortgage. I told her why. She couldn't give me any answer. She doesn't know nothing. She wants to send those paperwork blind because Mark Levy prepared for her and she trusted him. She trusted Mark Levy more than anyone else. Not me, not her daughters, nobody. Only Mark Levy in her mind, period. Did you, did you discuss with her that, or did you tell her you would not be uh, going to the closing? She knows. There was no closing. There was no closing, Chris. They're supposed to come to me. I suppose not to go anywhere. They bring the paper, the deed, the transfer deed. There is no mortgage. Transfer deed, one paper. I read my name, I pass the title to Marta Pinto. The number, the rules, the 
what, how they read that deed, it's easy to read. I read it. The, the amount of the money I'm going to get, I will transfer the deed in her name, and that's it, the address, and that's it. The, num the plate number and everything. It was easy. Got the check, sign it, and bye-bye. I don't have to send any, con any document from the mortgage, large pages, large work, large questions in the paper mortgage work. Okay, so once you had these concerns or uh, issues with the, the agreement, what did you do? Who did you communicate those to? I tried to communicate with her that I didn't get paid on that Friday. Sunday in the afternoon, when I told her, you lost $10,000, the down payment you gave me. But I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna take from you those $10,000. We, I'm gonna help you to sue the, comp the mortgage company. She couldn't sue them because they're friends with Mark Levy. They can, she cannot go against Mark Levy because they were friends. They see it. They know them from many years from South Africa. They will protect Mark Levy and Mark Levy will protect them. It one hand, all of them. And Martha Levy, between him and me, she didn't know what to do. She told me, Excuse I'm being. Mr. Uh, we need to have less narrative strike that. We need to have more questions and direct answers to those questions and not long rambling answers that, that, that have no relationship to the question. 